Welcome back, tree huggers. I'm Stacy Pulley, and I am the Family Tree Therapy's Speech Clinical Director. And today, just like Terry did with the introduction to occupational therapy, I wanted to introduce speech therapy to you and how it might be a little bit different than what you're thinking, um, how we might be able to support your child with speech and language therapy. Traditionally, um, I think most people that land here for speech... Uh, are pleasantly surprised with the breadth of what we can really do for your child because for the most part, people think of speech as articulation and speech clarity. They don't necessarily understand that really communication, relationships, feeding, oral motor development, breathing, all of those things can be addressed by a speech and language pathologist. Um, We utilize a a lot of different programming here, but I think our main difference that we emphasize here is that speech is motor. So we look at motor development of the jaw, the lips, and the tongue, and we look at how they work together in conjunction to coordinate smooth motor movement. Um, Obviously, having a stable body is going to be really important, which is why occupational therapy and speech therapy go really well together. So when we're looking at that motor development, we want to see, do we have coordinated movements? Do we have smooth movements? We don't necessarily look so much at milestones and say, you know, do they have such and such phoneme by this age? I want to look at, do they have the proper motor development to later in life create or get that R sound or that L sound? Is it stimulable? Or are we going to have an issue because we have an inappropriate swallow pattern or perhaps a tongue that pushes forward or a mouth that hangs open or some kind of asymmetry that's going to interrupt that development? Now, that being said, that is one way that we are different is that speech is motor. I would say another way that we differentiate ourselves here at Family Tree is through our work on communication within relationships. So we really work hard with parents and siblings and peers to make sure that those important communication milestones are being met of engagement, reciprocity, um, cooperation, shared social problem solving. And we work within dyads of maybe a couple kids together. We work uh, with just the therapists. We include the families in all of our therapy sessions and in all of our therapy planning and goal planning. But we really want to focus on the nonverbals, the back and forth, the reciprocity as a function of um, increasing communication and language skills. As you all know, or maybe you don't, but hopefully you will after you listen to this, but a child's occupation is play. And within that play context, we want to be able to say CEs in the relationship, CEs in the communication ability. So oftentimes parents don't understand or are pleasantly surprised to find out that we also will address that. So we'll also address communication, relationships, and even some of those behaviors that come up within relationships. We can help with using language to regulate the situation. Um, Also at the Treehouse, we utilize oral facial myofunctional approaches. So that's a big fancy word to say that we look at the balance within the face and the balance within the motor system to achieve what we call a neutral resting posture, which that's also a fancy term for just are your lips together, your tongue is shaping the palate, and your teeth are slightly apart. In that way, and why is that so important? Well, it's important because we want to be able to breathe nasally so that we can filter germs and allergens, and we want that tongue inside your mouth to be shaping your palate, to be growing... um, 
you know, the airway to the appropriate size and the jaw and the teeth development to the appropriate size so that we have a nice open oral airway um, so that the tongue has room in the mouth to find an anchor in all the positions it needs to anchor for clear speech. So very important early on when you have those lower tone children or that child that does a lot of mouth breathing, even if they do a lot of mouth breathing at night, sometimes that can be indicative of things, challenges that we can help with. If you have any child that's pacifier dependent, has some oral habits like putting their fingers in their mouth, putting their thumb in their mouth, um, just biting on things in general, you shouldn't necessarily be having to explore with your mouth so much past that, you know, that birth to 12 month range. Um, and, and Terry, I'm sure when she went into reflexes, talked a little bit about the why. Um, so oral motor development is really, really important. And we look at that really strongly here at the treehouse as well. Um, and we look at breathing, nasal breathing, very, very important. So if you have any concerns, um, we, we also do as a sidebar, you know, we work with adults sometimes with breathing and allergies as well, just because their child uh, tends to get so much better and can reduce medications at times because they, they learn how to utilize these nasal breathing patterns and relax that clavicular or shoulder breathing pattern um, and see good health improvements. So, and not to get too far in the weeds, but along with the Bateco breathing program, we're regulating carbon dioxide and oxygen, which is really helpful overall to help the system to relax. So also a really important part of, of communication is staying calm and regulated. So let's move a little bit into red flags and maybe just things that you're noticing at home that you wouldn't know a speech pathologist can help you with. If I had a partner right now, I'd have a drum roll or something. So let's talk about infants. So with infants, um, oftentimes parents can see some challenges right away. There's the obvious where we help with breastfeeding, we help with latch, we help with bottle feeding. Um, anytime, like I talked about earlier with the jaw, lips, and tongue, if we see that instability, we see that child that isn't able to latch, that isn't able to find a good rhythm, that maybe has some poor weight gain, some oral aversions, either to the bottle or the nipple, we can help a lot. Um, in terms of either positioning, helping to integrate suck and swallow reflexes, providing some oral facial support, some really simple hands-on things that we can do. Um, one of our speech pathologists is a lactation counselor, and so she is very wise in those ways. And her name is Jessie, who you will meet in future podcasts. And she'll talk a little bit more about what we can do more specifically with infants. So besides the infant feeding component, we also have, you know, those children that we know are going to be at risk for maybe later communication and speech and language delays, such as Down syndrome. We can start working really young with the children that you notice that maybe have a hard time with that engagement or that shared attention or that back and forth. Maybe they're not responding to your smile. Maybe they're not moving their body to your voice or they're not trying to imitate your voice or they're not turning to you when they're trying to locate the, a sound or their name. You want to be able to see all of those responses that are happening and some kind of purposeful movement, gesture, communication turn on their end is really, really important. So from that perspective, um, we can work with infants within the communication realm and helping to support them as they grow into their toddlerhood. And I'm going to ans answer the really tough question that everyone asks me is, when should my child be talking? How many words should they have and when? And let's just say by about a year, you should be hearing something when it comes to an approximation. 
you know, somewhere between 9 and 16 months, you should hear their first word. I'd like it a little closer to the lower end of somewhere between 9 to 12 months. You should be hearing some kind of, when I say approximation, I mean it doesn't have to be mommy, but it could be ma, mama, or ba for ball. You know, some kind of something close that seems to be functionally pointing out something that they want in their environment. So if you're seeing those things, you're seeing gestures, you're seeing their eyes go toward things you're talking about, and you're seeing some word approximations, then that's a good sign that they're heading in that right direction. By the time they're around 16 to, well, around 16 months or so, 16 to 24 months, you're going to be seeing two to three words together. So when you have that child that's two years old, and maybe you take them to you know, a daycare or an educator or perhaps a physician and you you show these concerns and you say, what do you think about this? And they say, well, maybe they're a late talker. Maybe their sister or brother talks too much for them, that kind of thing. It could be true. It could be true. But if by that time, if you're not seeing in that 16 to 24 months, a de- really developing communicator verbally, then that is a red flag. And that's something that we would want to talk to you about and take a look at your child and see how we could support development there. Um, of course, through toddlerhood, we also work on picky eating. And like I talked about before, any of those oral motor challenges that we might see school age kids, um, the same, we're going to talk about articulation. We're going to talk about language, auditory processing, all the same motor milestones that we talked about. We want to make sure that motorically we're developed well, um, picky eating, is going to be a big one. And then we also do a lot with academics. So if you see a child that's having any challenges with following along in school, taking notes, time management, any of those executive functioning type skills that they need to have, uh, we can help kids get organized, whether it's getting organized visually with language, with highlighters, helping them to process what it is that they see and put it into uh, some kind of visual imagery that they can talk about and that they can use to anchor that language. Because here's a really big component and something that people don't necessarily think about and that it's language is not sensory information. So what do I mean by that? Senses, we learn through our senses. We learn through what we see and what we touch and what we smell. We learn and we anchor memories. Have you ever heard a song from your youth and it makes you cry or, you know, some kind of certain smell and it reminds you of home? Our brain wants to learn through its senses and language is just blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's just words, words, words. Come to my parenting workshop. We'll talk more about this. However, if it's words, words, words with no anchor and they have no way to visually image what you're saying and anchor that information, it's going to be lost. You're going to have a hard time processing that information. You're certainly going to have a hard time repeating it or regurgitating it for, you know, a school test or something. So with our school age kids, take everything I said earlier and add on there the reading component, the academic component, and of course, making friends. It's such a big one, right? As parents, isn't that what we want? We just want our kids to be happy. We want them to have lots of friends. We want them to be able to maintain those friendships. And so the other thing that sets us apart here at Family Tree is that we work on social thinking. And so that's really understanding relationships, perspective taking, why do you feel the way you feel? How are my actions affecting you? What could I say to resolve the situation or come to a a solution with you? Um, A lot of skills like that need to be taught, especially if kids have had any early developmental challenges. I'm sure Terry talked about vision. If they missed some of those nonverbals, if they were having other developmental challenges and then they get to school age, they might have a hard time making friendships. They might have a hard time with social language because they were working so hard when they were younger to get caught up in other ways. 
So as you can see, I could keep going for a while, but I want to keep your attention. I want to keep you rolling here on the Family Tree Therapies podcast. So I'm going to stick with my 12 minutes <laughs> that I just did. Um, so we work together here, OT and speech. I hope that Terry's podcast and my podcast give a little bit more clarity. We welcome questions. And our phone number, 616-447-7799. Our website, www.familytreetherapies.com. And of course, we also welcome, if you want more information, or if any of these things that I said hit home and you want to talk with somebody a little bit more and get more clarity, uh, we are available through our complimentary phone consultation um, program. You can either call the number or you can go right onto the website and request a phone consultation with either Terry or myself, and we will make an appointment to talk with you over the phone and handle some of your concerns. So thanks so much for your time today. We look forward to our next podcast, which is hopefully all about billing, which is usually a hot topic for people. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.